I'm Mindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, an exploration of music's effect on our everyday lives. Today is June 2nd, and this Friday is when my daughter, Adrienne, graduates from high school. All across the U.S., we are right in the thick of graduation season, and this year's graduation experience is completely different than what these seniors have envisioned for the last 18 years. My mother-in-law gave my daughter a mug recently. I'll include a picture in the show notes that points out that our 2020 seniors, quote, were born when the world was grieving over 9-11, and you are graduating as the world grieves a pandemic. Although your two biggest launches into freedom, birth and graduation, have taken place in the midst of tragedies, just know that the world is an amazing, loving beautiful place, and it is waiting for you with open arms. A lot of these high school seniors, including Adrian, first fell in love with music as toddlers because of today's guest. I am so excited to have with me today the award-winning singer, songwriter, lyricist, and author Lori Berkner, who has been dubbed the Adele of the preschool crowd by the New York Times and the Queen of Kids Music by People Magazine. Lori has performed extensively with touring. She's performed at the Lincoln Center, Carnegie Hall, and the White House. She has millions of CD and DVD sales, more than 10 million monthly streams, and my personal favorite credential. She creates music that not only children, but parents love. <laughs> Welcome to Enhance Life with Music, Lori. Thank you so much. It's great to be here, Mindy. I just have to say right off the bat that as a music-loving mom, you saved my sanity during my kids' toddler and preschool years. I'm not sure about today's kids' music world, but 18 and 15 years ago when my kids were born and were little, a lot of children's music made me just kind of scratch my head and wonder, are these people trying to push a sleep-deprived parents of young children completely over the edge into insanity? <laughs> because some children's music can be so annoying. And it's like this instant earworm that you cannot get out of your head, no matter how badly you want to. Your music, on the other hand, is enchanting for kids and parents. It is absolute magic. So thank you from the bottom of my heart on behalf of parents of young children everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, there are a couple things I'm looking forward to chatting with you about today. And for one of them, we'll return to that topic of the class of 2020. But first, I'd like to talk with you about the role music plays in children's lives, in particular during times of uncertainty. Even in what we would consider normal times, kids really respond to music, and it is an incredible way for them to learn and express themselves. Can you tell us a little bit about the role that music plays in children's lives in general? And then we'll come back and talk more specifically about times of uncertainty. Yeah, of course, I think it's different for every kid. But what I focus on a lot is the way that music connects us to each other. So for kids in particular, I think there's a feeling of sharing music with someone in your family, especially usually the person in a parent role, but it could also be a sibling that then connects that feeling of being loved 
to the music and to enjoying something really together. Mm. Um, I also think that music is a great way for kids to not only learn to express their feelings, but also to have an outlet for expressing their feelings in ways that are, are not always acceptable in more daily life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and of course, there can be a lot of learning that happens through music. A lot of kids learn better by hearing something in a song, remember things better by hearing words and ideas strung together with rhythm or and or melody than they do just being shown or told something. And I guess I would also just say that I think it's just also a beautiful way for kids to both have mastery over things where if they connect to music, they can learn the words, they can be involved in it and then feel mastery over something that feels Mm. like it's their own and have Mm. pleasure in that. And also just purely to experience pleasure, maybe comfort. I mean, it's like, Mm. it just seems endless to me, actually, (laughs) (laughs) why why music is important to young kids. Sure. Well, in that first (laughs) method that you mentioned, the connection and the associations that kids can have with certain music, I'd be curious to hear the feelings and the responses and the memories that are stirred up by today's seniors. When they listen to your music, you'll be sharing a song at the end. And for some of them, you know, if they heard that when they were in preschool, then it'd be interesting to hear what their memories and associations are now hearing that at age 18 and even just hearing your voice and the memories associated with that. Right. Well, the song I'm going to share at the end, I did not write as from that long ago, so they probably didn't hear it in preschool, but I chose it. Well, we'll get to that later. I'll talk about why I chose it. But I know that there are a lot of songs that I have been singing for many years, like Victor Vito and Bumblebee Buzz Buzz and We Are the Dinosaurs and I'm Gonna Catch You, other songs that I know Uh I've been told anyway by kids who are teenagers now that those Mm -hmm. songs really, they bring a sense of security and safety and memories of feeling like happy and free and loved from Mm -hmm. when they were younger. And that is that's very beautiful to hear because that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Well, you're mentioning some of the songs that have become childhood classics. And I think of the Goldfish song, which was my personal thing. Mm, right. Oh, right. That's another and one. Yeah. I think as yeah. a parent, the thing that I love so much about it, I can tend to be a little bit of a control freak. And when I get around groups of young children it can be a little disconcerting with just the craziness that there is. And with the goldfish song, it encourages kids to be energetic and they're, they're swimming around like they're fish, but then they always kind of go to sleep. <laughs> yes. So there's this moment where as the parent sort of leading this group of children, you have this illusion of control for a brief moment where the goldfish go to sleep and the kids are just thrilled to pretend they're taking a nap. And then they get to start this other activity, whether it's brushing their teeth, or riding a bicycle or whatever it is. But it, it's fun for the kids. And it's fun. It's 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 refreshing for the parents. It gives us just that little moment of respite to keep on going. Yeah, I actually, that's so interesting that you bring that up because I absolutely, I wrote the song for that exact reason. Did that, you like, really? In that way, for that reason, that I, I was a new young preschool music specialist. I did not know how to make sure that I could manage my class without them 
like going, like as soon as everything got fun, then suddenly I didn't have control anymore. And, um, which on a abstract and theoretical level is probably okay. But actually in the classroom, once the teacher loses control, that's when kids can actually start hurting each other. And a lot of things become really a problem, right? So, um, it's interesting that you talk about that on a parental level because, so what I did with a lot of those early songs, and I still do this is, I often would alternate on purpose because that was happening on the, in the classroom between sort of this big energetic part of the song. And then suddenly like, Oh, everyone has to come together and do something on the ground or really quietly right now. Because if it, if it was in the song, I learned early on from the person who had my job prior to me that that was the best way to actually manage a big group of kids because they they want to be part of the song. They want mm. to engage and act out the song. So if I just put it in the song, then I didn't have to say to them, okay, everybody, stop being crazy now and <laughs> right. listen to me. You know, like, I mean, ridiculous, like to even think about saying that, right? Because they'd right. all just be like, whatever. So, um, <laughs> so so I built it into a lot of those songs and I, I still try to do that. And I'll just add to that, that I think every adult, when they're with kids, either as a parent or working as a therapist or a teacher or whatever, yoga instructor, like for young kids, like we find where our limit of what we can tolerate in terms of chaos is, mm-hmm. right? So you, you can't, and I learned early on that I actually had a pretty high tolerance for chaos okay. as long as I trusted that I could bring them back. And mm. as soon as I realized that I could do it within the music, I started to trust it more and more. And um, yeah. I, I, get a, I get a lot of parents who say to me, like, they'll come to my concerts and they're like, how did you get like a thousand people all at once to do all the things you wanted? And I realized, oh, it's that same thing. It's like, go do your thing, jump around, scream, make as much noise as you want. But I have something interesting I'm about to lay on you right now. So oh. I know you're going to come back and pay attention in a second and I'm not going to get worried about it. So oh, like, I think, yeah, it's, it's just something that I think also once we're conscious of it and like, and then you learn like, oh my God, I'm getting to that point where I'm starting to feel like a little sick to my uh-huh. stomach that I'm <laughs> never going to pull them back in. Like now I need to do the thing because I'm going to uh-huh. lose them. Then I, I think, yeah, that's part of kind of the process of learning how we work with kids in a group like that. Sure. Oh, interesting. I hadn't thought about that level of chaos tolerance and how it can be affected by the knowledge that you can pull things back down a notch when you need to. And boy, I can really relate to that. I I didn't really have a lot of situations where I was with a group of preschoolers, toddlers, but I would occasionally help out with my kids' Sunday school classes. And the Goldfish song has nothing to do with Sunday school, but I would bring the CD and play the Goldfish song in Sunday school. I've got, got a couple of looks from some of the other helpers like, uh, what does this have to do with Jesus feeding the 5,000? But it's like, you know, you were, I felt like I was hurting cats. And I knew if I played that song, kids would perk up and they would come together and they would be animated and involved and they would pay attention and then they would calm down. And they would listen to what came next. (laughs) That's great. Well, my second question is, what about times of uncertainty? Like now, we have a pandemic going on. Schedules and routines for kids are really important, and they've been completely upended. Adult 
adults that they're around may be on edge. They're around different adults than usual, probably if they're used to being in childcare or at preschool or at school, they're now with parents a whole lot more or other caregivers. What can music provide children during times of instability and anxiety? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think there's a, a few different elements of it. The music itself, I think songs that are uplifting, songs that are familiar, and songs that also allow kids, like I was saying in response to your first question, that allow them to express feelings that may or may not always feel acceptable in kind of a more, quote, normal situation, mm-hmm. um, I think are all really helpful. So so a song that is uplifting, something that allows kids to feel empowered and stronger when they feel out of control and they sense that parents also feel that way, I think is really important. A song that's familiar gives them a sense of safety and security mm. and can reconnect them to themselves and hopefully to their families, especially when they're feeling some kind of distance or difficulty because of what's going on like right now. Mm-hmm. And then I'd also say like a song that allows them to be angry to to express powerful things like I, from mm-hmm. from what I do there I have this song we are the dinosaurs and I yeah. use that a lot thinking about giving kids a space to stomp and roar and pretend they have really sharp teeth and claws yes. and feel big and powerful and in that it's their feelings where they can act out being angry and doing that if it's on their own or especially even when it's together with an adult in their lives, it's acceptable there. And I think we're all having a lot of angry feelings right now. And those are often the kinds of feelings that a parent might find themselves saying, you know, use your words Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, it's okay to have the feelings, but don't act it out. You know, like Uh they can act it out (laughs) Yeah, and it's really fun. And it's part of something that they can do where they feel loved at the same time for having these feelings that are not always, I think a lot of times we don't feel like we are loved for being angry. So it can be a wonderful, useful tool in that way as well, when being able to express those kinds of feelings. And of course, sadness too. I mean, there's a lot going on right Right now, a lot of people are experiencing a lot of loss. It's just even a song that kind of has sad, has something in it that invokes those feelings for a child, I think can be extremely cathartic. Mm-hmm. One thing you mentioned that kind of caught my attention is it's not all, music is not only a way for young children to connect with others, but also to connect with themselves. And boy, I hadn't thought about that, but that's so true. If kids are listening to a song like the Dinosaur Song, they may not even really realize and be aware of feelings of anger or frustration. But once they start acting out that song and stomping and roaring, I could totally see them feeling like, boy, this feels good, you know, and really get into it and have this release and a way of expressing themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's been said that music is our lives soundtrack. We do get to choose our soundtrack. So parents with young children, check out this music. I'm almost curious. I wonder if I could get my 18-year-old daughter to listen and stomp to the dinosaur song again. I think that could be therapeutic for an 18-year-old to be like, you know what? I remember being a kid and stomping with this song, and I'm... Mad now. 
<laughs> I, if that works, please tell me because I want to know. <laughs> I will. I'll let you know. Well, before I segue to my final question, I'm going to ask a question that I ask all my guests. I call this the improv segment when I ask if you have an experiment or a try this at home, a suggestion that listeners can do to enhance their lives with music. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about something that I loved to do as a parent and that I often talk with other adults. This is something that I feel like anyone can do just being around a kid in their daily life. And I think that that is when music can be the most powerful is when it's just part of our lives, right? So something that I would suggest would be just to take advantage of any moment where you're doing something together with a young child and turn it into a song. And it doesn't have to even have melody. It can just be like chanting or a rhythm, especially if as an adult, you don't feel comfortable singing so much. But I think allowing oneself to like be silly and be vulnerable in that way to make up a song with a kid is giving them a really special gift. And then maybe I guess like as an example, you're walking down the street and you're holding hands and you can could just start saying like, we're walking, we're walking, we're walking down the street. And then you could count or you could add a jump, like jumping over the lines in the sidewalk or whatever it is. And then if it's super simple, it's something you can do again the next time you're doing that activity. And then suddenly you have this memory you've created that you can go back to together that's related to music. And then maybe the kid will want to start to make out parts of it. And then you're building something together. You can do it when you're taking a bath or something that's hard, like seeing a doctor or on in a long ride somewhere. I know we're not doing as much of that right now, but people are still, you know, if you have to drive far to the park to get somewhere where you're not near other people, you might be in the car for a while. There are just a lot of like any place when there's what seems like it could be a mundane moment, I feel like it can turn into a special connected moment if as adults, we're willing to kind of add music to it. So that would be a way I would suggest. Love that. And I could see that being really helpful too in situations where you're doing something that the kids don't want to do. They don't like to do. Totally. (laughs) Whether it's eating their broccoli or... Mm -hmm picking up toys, or even just making a song out of I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm stomping my feet, you know, something like that. Oh Um, my gosh, I just want to say I did that once as a music teacher, where I asked the kids, what do you want to sing this song? You want to sing that song? They were like, no, 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 I don't feel like singing. So I said, okay, we're going to sing the no song. Everybody just get up. And we just started going, no, no, I don't want to do it. No. (laughs) And it was great because then everyone was singing and moving their bodies, even though they all said they didn't want to do anything. (laughs) Love that. Yeah, that's great. Well, and when you can inject a little bit of humor and silliness into a situation where they're being obstinate, it can totally turn the situation around. Exactly. Well, I'm going to list a bunch of ways in the show notes that you can connect with Lori and her work. Her website is Lori bergner.com. I'll put a link in there in the show notes to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, email. My final question for you today is also our coda segment, a musical ending. Many childhood fans of yours, as we discuss, are now high school seniors who are graduating in the midst of a pandemic. Is there any message or song that you'd like to share with them as they cross this threshold into adulthood during these unusual times? Yeah. So the song that I wanted to share is called I've Got So Much to Give. 
And I've been thinking about that a lot, actually, about all of the kids who are graduating right now, actually from all different levels of school, from high schoolers down to preschoolers and everyone in between. And of course, college graduates as well. I've even had some, I've had a few people reach out to me saying I had to come home from college. I lost my job because the restaurant I worked at or wherever is closed down. I can't see my friends. Mm -hmm. And listening to your music right now is actually something that feels comforting and good to me because it was reminds me of a time that felt a lot simpler and uh-huh. more happy. So my heart goes out to everybody who is graduating right now. And I just want to say that I picked, I've got so much to give because I feel like in a time when things are difficult, like noticing what we already have and realizing how filled we are with wonderful things and how much of that allows us to give to other people is is very empowering feeling, I think. Mm-hmm. And I wrote this song, like I said, more recently, this won't be like a preschool memory for mm-hmm. the high school seniors, but I wrote it thinking about how I wished that I had learned this song when I was a preschooler so that the words would feel comfortable to me and natural and that I would be able to say to myself, I've got so much to give. I've got so much to give and really feel it and believe it. That's part of why I wrote it was for me too. (laughs) But I thought about what it would be like as a very young child to sing those words and have it become something that's just like, oh, of course I do, you know, and have that feel like an organic part of how I saw myself. Mm -hmm. And hearing those words come out of anyone's mouth who's younger than I am would make me feel really happy to know that Mm -hmm. they could feel that. So I just, it's just a reminder. It's a reminder for older kids who are graduating, particularly the high school seniors that we're talking about. But also, as you'll hear in the song, it gets a little sillier towards the end. So that part is more of a shout out to my preschool and kindergartner graduates. (laughs) I've got so much to give. I've got so much to give. This is the life I was born to live. And I've got so much to give. I breathe in. I breathe out. I breathe in. I breathe out. Every breath I take is something new. And I want to give so much to you because I've got so much to give. I've got so much to give. This is the life I was born to live and I've got so much to give. I've got so much to give. I've got so much to give. This is the life I was born to live and I've got so much to give. I breathe in. I breathe out. I breathe in. I breathe out. I take is something new And I want to give so much to you Cause I've got so much to give I've got so much to give And this is the life I was born to live I've got so much to give Okay everybody, are you ready to sing it with me? Let's begin Chickens And let's hear the frog. Ribbit. Yay! I breathe in. I breathe in. 
Thank you, Lori, for your time with us today, your special message to graduates, and for all you do to enhance lives with music. I'm including YouTube video links in the show notes for two of Lori's songs that we were talking about today, the Goldfish Song, also known as Let's Go Swimming, and We Are the Dinosaurs. If you're looking for a special way to celebrate Father's Day, Lori is performing a live interactive virtual concert on Sunday, June 21st. 2020 and tickets just went on sale a few days ago. Most dads are notoriously difficult to buy gifts for. My husband is no exception. (laughs) And these tickets could be your ticket to a memorable experience gift for the special dad or grandfather and kids in your life. Lori mentioned to me that this might also be fun for graduating seniors to attend, to take a trip down memory lane and bring back some fun childhood feelings and memories without being surrounded by a pack of preschoolers. For more information and tickets, go to lauribergner.com slash concerts. Scroll down to the June 21 event and click more info. The link is also included in today's show notes, which can be found at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast slash episode 45. There is also a link to that page in the episode details right in your podcast app. If you have a favorite Lori Berkner song or memory, please let me know. You can connect with me on my website, social media, or email. All the links are on my website. Last but not least, I want to acknowledge that the last couple weeks have been very painful ones for my community here in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul and for our entire country with heartbreaking events of tragedy and violence stemming from the horrific killing of George Floyd here in Minneapolis. And you add to that the ongoing pandemic, and there are a lot of people, not just in the United States, but around the world who are really hurting right now. My hope is that justice will be served and that somehow redemption will come out of all of this pain and that all of us here in the United States and across the world will be able to see ourselves as brothers and sisters in one race, the human race. Thank you for joining me today. Until next week, may your life be enhanced with the healing power of music.